Hello. Hello, theme song going this morning. I am going to be talking about my week 13 results. We'll turn our song down and dig in. So, I'm uh, thankful for those of you who could join us live today on Facebook Live in the Intermittent Fasting Journal group. Um, I am also at YouTube and also at um, uh, the podcast, so also available on iTunes. So uh, this will be posted in DonnaReach.com eventually with the complete outline and a link to the video on YouTube and a link to uh, the iTunes uh, audio. So you could do audio, you can do video, you can do it with a full outline or without. So anyway, hello, it's good to be with you today and talk to you about my daily intermittent fasting journal, uh, week 13. And so uh, I've been having a great time with intermittent fasting, thoroughly enjoying it, and uh, loving the results. So uh, first of all, I continue to average my nine hours a day of fasting and five-hour eating window. I say I continue to average, but actually I was averaging 20 hours um, technically. And so uh, we've been talking a little bit in the Facebook group about this, and that is, uh, is somebody's goal to fast an average over the week, those of us who are using fasting apps, is somebody's goal to fast an average of those uh, a certain number of hours which for me was 19, or is it where you never go below 19? So that is the personal decision and something that uh, Bert, Dr. Bert Hearing talks about in his book, In the Study of One. And I just want to encourage all of us, I know I've been doing this a lot and then giving you my results, but for all of us to just really focus on that study of one. What is that uh, thing that we're looking into that either is good for us or bad for us, ourselves as opposed to maybe just what everybody else is doing and so my average for fasting was actually 20 hours um, and uh, so I take the app and my app which is zero it takes each day of fasting and then it averages and gives you an average for the last the previous seven days so I can just look at a glance and see what my average is and this also helps and this is another thing we're talking about in the group today um, in a post that I posted about um, parties and that is that it helps me to uh, average um, a certain amount with that fasting app because even on a special occasion like today when I'm having a one o'clock lunch which is very unusual for me uh, with our moms for one of their birthdays and and then a dance later on and so forth when I have those opportunities that my eating window will be a little bit longer than uh, normal I did a couple of 22 a 23 and then today I will do a 17 and I will still average 20 for the week so um, that is just something to consider are you what what is best for you do you want where you never ever go under 18 hours you never go under 19 hours or do you want the flexibility and you want to average it? And if you have that flexibility and you average it, do you still have good results? Do you still Are you still losing even a small amount consistently? Um, because weight loss is sometimes smaller amounts each week, but more consistent than other ways. And um, 
do you still feel the benefits from it if you do it that way? So your study of one, and uh, for me, it's it's fine. I just upped it to 20 hour average uh, so that um, when I did have these longer eating windows of six or seven hours, sometimes on a special occasion, I would still have my average, my average would still be high. All right, so I did find my sweet spot with OMAD3, and I talked about this before, one meal a day divided into three parts. And that has made a huge difference for me um, because it has built-in boundaries, right? And all of us who have been on lifelong weight loss journeys who have had difficulties sticking with them, difficulties getting to our goal weight, um, all of us have, uh, many of us need boundaries in place, right? And that is one of the problems that some people coming from a diet mentality, some of the problems that they have with intermittent fasting is that the boundaries are not as secure for them. And sometimes we need stronger boundaries. And I understand that. And that is where uh, we want stronger boundaries, but we don't want all the boundaries we used to have in our old diet protocols. And so with the um, OMAD divided by three, that helps me to have built-in boundaries without having to go resort to counting everything again. So OMAD divided by three, open my window with an appetizer, snack, slash salad. One or two hours later, have my entree. And then if I still want something else, have a dessert or a snack. So um, that has been super, super helpful to me. Um, and only lengthening my eating window for special, truly special occasions, right? Like I told my kids before, they're growing up and we were homeschooling for 32 years. And, you know, we do, can, this is a special day. Can we skip this? This is a special day. Can we skip that? The answer is that every day can't be a special day, right? And until we wrap our heads around that, those of us who looked for special occasions, look for a weekend, then out at a Friday, out at a Monday, in which we want to go off of our program, right? That we have to retrain our brains that everything isn't special and everything isn't a special occasion. All right, so uh, the other thing that OMAD divided by three has done for me is that I um, it helps me to save my sweet treat, if I'm going to have a sweet treat that day, to save that for the end of my eating window. Appetite correction is already set in. I don't eat as much of that sweet treat. Sometimes I'm just like, you know what, I'm okay. I can wait and have a sweet treat tomorrow night. And so by saving that for the end, appetite correction is in place, as opposed to having that at the beginning when appetite correction isn't in place yet. And I would, it would have a tendency to make me want more sweets and more treats. So just, just different boundaries that I have found helpful um, that are working for me without having to resort to full counting. All right. Um, and then also with that, uh, <clears throat> the um, trying to be sure that I average the 20 hours, I always stop my eating by 7 p.m. And that gets me some fasting hours before bed. And it makes the day better the next day because I can stop. I can start eating at two or three if I if I desire. I don't always, but sometimes I do. I'm at the 19 or 20 hour mark by that time, and um, I that has eliminated our bedtime snacks, which I think has been really good for us, uh, just to uh, not eat after seven. Um, so, but again, that is 
study of one. That is my personal experience, right? And that's what's working for my husband and myself, as opposed to what you work for you. I know a lot of people who have like a 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, window, and they do fine with that, and they like their TV snacks, and it's no big deal to them. And uh, Jen Stevens is one of those, uh, the author of Delay, Don't Deny, and Feast Without Fear, who has a little later eating window. Many of us don't like to wait until 5 o'clock while we're fixing dinner to have our first uh, food. So that's up to each person, but she lost 90 pounds with it. So it's not to say that one way is better than another. Um, my weight loss has been 10 pounds in 13 weeks, and I talked about this last week. Out of those 13 weeks, I had Thanksgiving. I had a week's vacation in October, a week of Thanksgiving in November, two weeks of a holiday in December, and one week of a traveling uh, riding retreat in, which was at a motel, um, in January, resulting in five of the 13 weeks being special occasions. And yet, I'm still you know, slowly losing weight in spite of special occasions. So I just, I just, yeah, special occasions used to be a lot different. All right. So listener lessons. I want to move into listener lessons um, because I really want to focus a little bit on belief. And I know I've talked about this before. And when I, and, and again, I'm going to repeat this. If you go to DonnaReach.com, you can scroll down on the intermittent journal uh, intermittent fasting tab and it brings down a drop down menu and on that in that drop down menu it has intermittent fasting journals podcast slash video cast posts and if you click on that you will get the thumbnails of every single episode of the video cast slash audio cast the nice thing about that is that they have complete outlines with those but also the thumbnails show you what the emphases were in that particular episode and so you can go back if you're interested and I really highly recommend if you're in your first month of intermittent fasting that you watch some of those ones that talk about belief that talk about what to say when you talk to yourself that talk about self-talk might be on the thumbnail self-talk that talk about um, uh, the five second rule and some of those things, those tools and mechanisms that I used early on to establish my fasting patterns. It was, it's really funny because I was, I used and relied on those so much. I still use self-talk every single day, but I relied on some of those things so much. I would block out my schedule so that I could see what was happening every hour leading up to eating, all kinds of, of uh, mechanisms in place, soothing mechanisms, coping mechanisms, distractions, all kinds of things. And they are written on the thumbnails if I talked about them in that particular episode. And I also talk about them a lot in the Facebook group. So I use those extensively. And uh, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, is my um, office assistant. And she's here two days a week. And so she would tease me a lot about the five-second rule. And we would joke around about it. And, and it was really funny. And she would, you know, she would say, five, four, three, two, one, don't eat, you know, and stuff. And it was, it was funny. Anyway, and so uh, just this week, she did it again out of the blue. And she was like, you don't really have to do that very much anymore, do you? And I'm like, no, you know, I used to have the whole tapping, five, four, three, two, one, fast, five, however many hours I had last, five, four, three, two, one, fast four, five, four, three, two, one, don't eat, fast four, three, two, one, close window, whatever it was uh, from um, 
Mel Robbins's five second rule book, which is outstanding for any kind of life change that you want to make. Uh, but uh, it's just funny because I realized when she said that, that I my pattern is set. My day is set. My schedule is set. And I don't rely as much on some of those distractions and coping mechanisms and soothing techniques techniques as I used to. And so um, but you can see those and find which episodes those are in. Also, in that same drop down, it has uh, daily IF five tip slideshows. So if you want all the five tip slideshows, they're all together. Um, there at the blog. Okay, so, um, but with the building the beliefs, building of your beliefs, we have a lot of people joining the Facebook group, and, you know, they're asking a lot of questions, you know, what is intermittent fasting, and how does it work, and and how do you start, and what do you do, and and so forth, and um, it just has dawned on me really a lot lately um, in some other areas of life, uh, namely homeschooling, uh, with, um, I write books for homeschoolers and Christian schools, and now I'm writing for public school teachers, too, at Teachers Pay Teachers, and um, it has just dawned on me the tremendous amount of belief that it takes to do something really, really hard. And starting intermittent fasting and getting it to a pattern in your life and getting it to the place, you know, where it is your lifestyle and you don't go off and on and you just make your life around intermittent fasting as opposed to, well, I can't fast today. I can't fast tomorrow. I'm going to go off this week and I'm going to go off here. I'm not going to do it there. But making it a lifestyle, those weeks or even months leading up to getting to this point are difficult. They are hard to do. And I don't want to forget that um, in creating my course as well as in writing the intermittent fasting journal book. I don't want to forget the difficulties that I had in implementing it and really getting started in it because it's not, you know, those of us who have been doing it for a while, it's just like, yeah, just, you know, keep going, keep going, you know, don't eat, don't eat, drink water, you know, or whatever. Um, but we have to remember that, you know, it took us a while to get to this point too. And with, with homeschooling, um, you know, after homeschooling for 32 years, my husband and I homeschooled seven kids for 32 years and uh, all of our kids all the way through. And, it took a tremendous amount of belief to do that. And uh, this week I was had my grandkids a couple different days. And, you know, I did a couple little couple story times. I say little story times, two different story times each time for 45 minutes each. And I look back at when I started the story time pattern um, just and this is this is something that any mom can relate to, whether you're a homeschooler or not. But, you know, I was, my undergraduate degree is in elementary education. My master's work is in reading specialists. And so I believed in reading out loud to kids. I, in the depth of my soul, I believed in it. I believed even when I only had preschoolers and toddlers, I believed that if I read to them morning, noon, and night, three hours a day, that they would become lifelong learners. I believed all of the research. I believed the trade books that I read. I believed the anecdotal materials that I read. And we didn't have everything we have here with the internet, right? To study and research everything. But I believed in that so strongly that I never wavered. I, I didn't go a week without, I didn't go a couple of days without reading to my kids for at least a couple of hours. I believed so much in that. I believed that it would yield the end result that I wanted. And 
anything that is so hard to do in our lives, such as starting intermittent fasting and making it a lifestyle and changing what we used to do as far as, you know, um, dieting or or not dieting or being heavy or being unhealthy, whatever it might be, changing that is is hard and it takes a tremendous amount of belief. And and if you don't believe it, you're not going to stick with it. You think about times that you lost weight before. I have lost 100 pounds almost two times. Okay. The first time was um, almost 30 years ago. And uh, I lost 100 pounds on low fat, low calorie, and walking two hours a day, pulling a wagon with children listening to audiobooks <laughs> because that's how much I believed in it. Um, but, and now I am 17 pounds away from losing 100 pounds again over the last several years. And the first time I lost 100 pounds, I was, there wasn't the internet again, but I was in a support group that met every week and weighed in and had a meeting and had testimonials and had accountability. I read everything I could get my hands on about weight loss. I mean, I read, you know, uh, uh, the gal from, uh, three's company, Suzanne Summers. I read Liz Taylor's book about weight loss at the time. She was a fluctuating uh, weight loss person. Oprah Winfrey's book about it. Um, weight Watchers books, everything. I wasn't in Weight Watchers, but I read everything about it, about weight loss and about low calorie and low fat. And I believed deeply that if I kept doing what I was doing, which was like 800 calories a day and 30 grams of fat a day and walking two hours a day and doing Denise Austin's uh, workout, floor workouts and so forth, that if I did those, I would reach my goal. And I believed it. And you think about a time that you lost weight really well. Obviously, it probably wasn't intermittent fasting unless it's been this time, but it probably wasn't intermittent fasting. But what caused you? to do the things that you needed to do to achieve your goal, right? It was belief. We don't keep doing something hard, like homeschooling for 32 years, or uh, reading out loud for two or three hours a day to children, or eating 800 calories a day, or fasting for 20 hours a day, if we don't believe that it works. And so you have to surround yourself with belief. There are a lot of podcasts available. There are a lot of videos at YouTube. Um, a little trick that I like to use is people that I like to follow on YouTube videos as far as speaking about intermittent fasting and so forth, because some are, are like real, real hardcore keto, and I don't listen to those as much. Um, I do some just because I, I like learning all aspects, but... Uh, if you go up to the little bars in the right-hand corner, you can choose your choose. It's a sorting um, tool, and you can choose. What I choose is recent, most recently uploaded, and then I can always see, you know, when people have uploaded something. And I also subscribe, and I hope you'll go to YouTube and subscribe to me as well, Donna Reish. Um, but I always subscribe, and then they come in as they put things up, or I can go to recent 
most recent ones, and I can see ones that I've missed also that I haven't listened to. Um, books. Uh, we just had a book giveaway the other day. Uh, we give away a book every 100 uh, members in our group. And so uh, Delay Don't Deny, Feast Without Fear, uh, um, Appetite Correction. There are a number of books that we give away. Um, but you have to surround yourself with people who believe in what we're doing. And so you can do that, like I said, on videocast, podcast, YouTube, books. In, this, in the Intermittent Fasting Journal group, uh, in some of the bigger groups, if you like large groups. Um, but you have to believe that this will take you to your end goal. And if you don't believe that this will take you to your end goal, then the, the pressure is going to be there and the, um, the uh, motivation is going to go away for you to actually follow through. Uh, you have to believe, for me personally, I have to believe that even though this is hard, the other choices are harder and less desirable for me. I know that I could go on 30 carbs a day, never go off, never have a birthday cake, never have ice cream, and so forth. And I know that I could achieve my goal with that. But I have to believe that that's hard. But I believe personally that that's harder than I than this, right? So we have to believe in what we're doing. Now I'm going to run out of time for my supplementation. Uh, but last week I talked about Flexus Slim and BioCleanse, and this week I was going to talk about ProBio5, uh, but I'm out of time now. My ride is actually here to pick me up, so I'm going to be out of time. So next week I'm going to talk about ProBio5. You can also find some notes about it at the blog also and about this amazing antifungal uh, probiotic that just knocks your socks off um, and helps with cravings too. So anyway, I'll talk about that next time. So anyway, you have to build your belief. You have to believe that this works. You have to believe that it'll give you the end result that you're after. So thank you so much for joining me and for uh, following my journey. And I'm looking forward to continuing to teach and continuing to help people uh, adopt this lifestyle and make the changes that they want for long-term lifestyle health. Yeah, I was going strong, and that is when